Welcome to Geek Salad Classic. I am your host, Jay LaRock. This podcast is powered by ObsoleteGamer.com and the Mascot Studios Podcast Network. You can find this podcast on Himalaya, iTunes, Spotify, and pretty much anywhere podcasts are found. Here on Geek Salad Classic Series, we feature interviews with developers, programmers, and gaming experts on the subjects they know best. Now, as you will see, some of the questions and answers are dated because maybe the game was in pre-release and sometimes it was even at the beginning of its crowdfunding stage. But we still think the discussion was fun and informative and it'll be something you like. And I hope you will. So without further ado, here we go. Making new games for old consoles? What? Come on. <laughs> now, anyone who's been watching the show knows about us. You know that we love classic gaming. But imagine being able to see some of these, you know, new games, games that you've seen come out on classic consoles. I mean, that's kind of awesome. And we're here with Eli from Pico Interactive. Thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you for having me. Now, okay, so I I read this. Tell me, tell me, this isn't a dream. You guys have a game and development publishing company that concentrates on the development of new games for old consoles. Is that right? Yes, we, we, that's pretty much what we do. We develop and publish and manufacture game cartridges for, for classic uh, consoles like the NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis, and, and Game Boy Advance. So, yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. So I, I've seen, you know, where people will take something like Halo and then try and convert it down to like the Atari and of course, it's like Atari graphics, and it doesn't really look like Halo. Like it'll have maybe a couple of sprites, and you're oh, like, yeah. "Oh, I can see the resemblance." Is that yeah. kind of like what it is? Uh, well, we've uh, we've only taken a project uh, uh, when where we make an, a game that what came out in a you know in a in a console, and then remake it into a, a, an older console, which is Jim Power. I don't mm-hmm. know if you heard of that game. It's like a platforming. And we, what we did is we made the we use uh, the Super Nintendo uh, stuff, the Amiga stuff, and the Sega Genesis stuff, and even the the Triple Graphs, you know, assets of the games, and then make it work on Nintendo. So we had to change a lot of stuff, change graphics, you know, the gameplay and engine and all that. So that, I guess that's the only project that we've done where we remake uh, a game into an older console. Uh, and and, it, and it's coming out pretty well. I mean, the programmer is is, uh, is putting a lot of effort and, and doing a lot of stuff to make it look, you know, to make it look like it's said a D make, but not that, you know, like you said, like Halo, and it's just a couple of blocks of of, of pixels, and then you still uh, know that's Mark's Master Chief. I mean, uh, we we didn't go that far. We you know we we try to make the the character as recognizable as possible. Yeah, I was looking at the website and I saw that you have you know uh, Duke Nukem and I was like, I mean Duke Nukem 3D. I was like, wow, that that looks awesome that you guys brought that out. So that yeah. must have been an undertaking in itself. Uh, the thing, well, Duke Nukem in particular, uh, it was developed actually by other company back in the nineties. I think it was 96 or 98. Um, and it was developed by, uh, by a Brazilian company called tech toy. And, and they only released that game in, in, in Brazil. So what we did is well, we, we licensed Duke Nukem from uh, 3d realms to bring that game into the American market. Uh, but it's, it, you know, 
again, it's a demake of the game from the PC version. So, so it, it works for, it, it, it looks good for Genesis and, and, and it does a lot of stuff, uh, you know, it, it sort of like um, goes to the limits of what the Genesis can do. But if you compare it to the PC version, you say, oh, that game sucks because, you know, it's it, the, the graphics is just it, are pixelated and then they're, the engine is different. It handles the graphics different. So, so yeah, that's, uh, that's another, um, I guess, uh, project that it was demade uh, from, a, from a PC version to a, an older console. And it, it had to be fixed up to work with, that, with the limitations of that um, platform. Well, where do you see the, the market then, where it comes from? Obviously, you have some gamers that, that are going to look towards only certain things. But yeah. since we come, well, a lot of us, especially obsolete gamer, come from the classic world, we can appreciate a good game for what it is, whether yeah. you're looking at an older game that has like the classic gla graphics, indie game that's going more for story. So yeah. for games like this, even if it doesn't have the latest graphics, even if you're porting it to a system that is considered older, even obsolete, it's yeah. still something that you want to play, you want to see. Is it, is it yeah. for those type of gamers who want to just say, hey, this is awesome because of the undertaking of bringing it to this console that it, you know, it wasn't on before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, uh, I, uh, I remember I made a blog post uh, a while back on, my, on, my, on the company blog that uh, sort of spread out in different, uh, the different types of audiences that we target. And, and you know, it was uh, the hardcore collector, you know, the collector that like wants to collect every NES game or every Super Nintendo game that there is out there. You know, they, they, they are one of our, you know, probably like the best audience that we have, like the best customers because they want to buy everything that we put out. And then, the hardcore retro gamer, the guy that really, really enjoys playing, uh, you know, classic consoles, not really emulating the computer, but the, the guy that actually wants to take a cartridge and put into the console and, you know, press and get the controllers and, you know, blow on the cartridge when it doesn't work. That's another one. And then uh, there's also people that um, really, really enjoy and, and uh, appreciate the, the, the look and the feel of classic games, the 8-bit graphics or 16-bit graphics. But sometimes uh, sometimes that audience doesn't really want to spend 40, 50 bucks for a game because they don't really care if it's on a cartridge or it's digital. So, I mean, we also uh, distribute games uh, digitally for those people that, you know, they say, I don't care if it's a cartridge or CD or you just, uh, I just download it. So that's another audience. So we try to spread out. Uh, our games and distribute them to different audiences so everybody that may appreciate it uh, gets, uh, you know, they are able to do so under the best circumstances that, that they, they, they could be their cartridges or, or complete collectible, uh, completing box collectible or just digital download. So how did you come to want to do something like this? Because I was looking, you know, on uh, PicoInteractive.com and looking at the different things. So, yeah. I mean, there's a collector aspect and then, you know, obviously you have a love like classic games, classic consoles. Yeah. So is it just comes from a background of, you know, playing these games, you know, loving these type of classic games as well? And then it made you say, hey, I want to also see if I can bring these newer games, different types of games to, a class, uh, to classic systems? Yeah, uh, it, it's sort of like a mix of everything because, uh, you know, 
I played these games all my life since I was a little kid. And especially because I, I was born and raised in Mexico, we got everything very late. You know, when you when people in the United States and Japan were already playing or, or you know, it, the Super Nintendo was already, you know, a couple of years in, we barely were seeing new games for NES or stuff like that. So, so we got, so I played, uh, I, I guess I never stopped playing classic games. By the time people were uh, on the GameCube, I was barely playing Smash Bros. So, uh, on 64. So, you know, that, uh, you know, that sort of uh, need or, 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 or me being so um, used to playing classic games uh, just led into me collecting more uh, when I moved to the U S I started collecting more uh, game cartridges. Cause you know, we, in Mexico, we didn't get much, a lot of, of, of the titles. So here I was like, Oh, there, there were seven, 700, uh, NES games. I, I only knew like 20. So I started, you know, and, and from there I started getting involved in more the, in the retro gaming community, collecting games. And then I started trying to make my own game. And one thing led to another until I, you know, decided, you know, I think I can make this work. We could release games not only in, in, game, in cartridges for the retro gamers, but also we can emulate them on PC or even mobile and, and still be, you know, be able to make it work for everyone, everybody. Was there like a favorite classic game that you really loved like growing up? Like one of your, one of your top favorites? Two, yeah, there's two that I, that I would mention. It's the first one is Flashback. I don't know if you've played oh, that one. Yes. Flashback, it came out in everywhere, like Super Nintendo, I think Genesis, Amiga, PC. That game is great. I think it's a, one of the, from the 90s, is one of the most complete games that, you know, that I played. And and then uh, another one that I really, really enjoy is uh, Cold Shadow, uh, Maui Mahler Cold Shadow. It's for Super Nintendo. Ooh, it's that one really, I didn't play. Yeah, try, just check it out. It's like a ten-dollar card, or uh, you know, it's not that expensive, and it's uh, it's uh, it's like the Donald Duck, and then you you turn into a ninja. So it's it's a platform and sort of like a little bit of a Metroidvania uh, feeling, but uh, it's a really good game. You know, I really really uh, recommend you play it, and and the Watchers too. So we're we're here in Miami, and that's one of the things that we noticed is that um, when we got to really get going with Absolute Gamer, we talked to a lot of people in Europe and Latin America, and we found that that was where you really uh, saw a lot of people get into uh, classic gaming more. You saw people talk about the Amiga, the Commodore. I mean, yeah. in America, you still have a, a big classic gaming community as well, no doubt. But we saw a lot of people say, hey, you know, we were still playing these games. You know, a lot of games uh, were were not coming out as quickly in those countries, and we really had that big classic gaming community. We didn't even see it as classic gaming over there. That was just yeah. gaming for us. So, yeah. you know, for you, especially in Mexico, can you just tell us a little bit more about, you know, that type of community, the, the gaming community that you saw, uh, you know, from Mexico? Well, uh, you know, uh, I grew up in a really small town, you know, probably like 15,000 people. And not everybody had a console. Like, I remember the first Super Nintendo in town was my cousin. And everybody was freaking out, like people that were peeking on the window, trying to see what he was playing and stuff like that, like all, all the other kids in the, in the block. So um, to, for us in Mexico to be able to see a new game or go buy a new game, we had to travel four hours to a major city, Monterrey. 
uh, or be a, uh, get a subscription on the Club Nintendo um, magazine, which was Nintendo Power here. They had like the um, the counterpart in Mexico called Club Nintendo, or or watch TV and and and, and you know um, there was uh, this um, TV show called Nintendo Mania, Nintendo Mania, and the guy that was the host of that game was the, probably like the person that made uh, Nintendo to consider the Mexican market and thanks to him Nintendo was uh, you know they decided that okay let's try Mexico let's see if we could sell consoles and cartridges and and that's uh, his show is a really really big part of our culture like if you talk to anybody that plays video games now and you ask him oh do you watch Nintendo Mania when you were a kid I was like yeah I mean everybody watched that it was in, in public television so all those things really really uh, you know, come together and, and, and make it the whole, I guess, I don't want to say Mexican community, but I'd say Latin American community, all the things that, that we, we saw, you know, all, and all the things that we didn't saw as well, because we didn't see a lot of games. I remember when I bought Zelda for NES, my dad brought a JCPenney catalog from a border town here in the United States. He brought it to Mexico and he was like, okay, pick a game. And I remember it was Mario 3 and, and Zelda that were over there, and, and I picked Zelda. So, you know, it, we had to go through all this effort to play games back then, and sort of like that made us, that made it stick with us, and that made it, you know, really, really, really appreciate the console and really, really appreciate, uh, you know, the games that we played. So, you know, so now, I guess, when people want to, you know, the gamers or the gaming community, they, they sort of want to stick with what they loved back then, and 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 what they, uh, what the games, uh, the games that we were playing back when when they when they were little. So when people go on uh, uh, picointeractive.com, besides seeing uh, the different games that are are being developed, what other things can they purchase? Because I see that you have a, a retro shop. What, what can people find on there? Yeah, on the shop you can buy well the games, uh, and and also we we have besides. Uh, what I call uh, commercial games, you know, larger games that have like 10 levels and boss fights and all that. Besides that, we have smaller titles, uh, which a lot of people call homebrew, you know, indie games of, of developers or hobbyists that they develop themselves and then they, they need, uh, they don't have the ways or the means to make a cartridge and, and try to distribute it to the community. So we also have some, some of them available. So that's uh, that's one thing, and another thing is that for people that we uh, we have like some stuff like the the game cartridges MT. If you wanna, you know, you have a game and you wanna, and it's all beat up, and you wanna have it like in a nice shell or in a cartridge, you you can buy a shell from there and then replace the, your game cartridge, so you could have a nice copy. Or or if you wanna make your own game, we we have all like parts, uh, and you wanna manufacture your own game, you ha we have parts there for you to to peak there and also um, starting slowly we're starting to put uh, uh or, or 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 like our steam games we have super Nozark on steam so if you go to the super Nozark page you'll read about the the game you'll be able to buy the the physical super nintendo copy and the, and the steam copy uh, eventually you'll see like all the tiles that we have in that format in that format you know the the bio of the game and the the physical and the digital copy of the game. 
I also see that you're you're on uh, Twitter, of course, at Pico Interactive. Do you ever have people like sending you uh, messages, tweets, or something like, "Hey, why don't you uh, you know develop or publish this game or that?" Or asking you for all types of crazy requests? Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's. I, I guess it comes with 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 it. I mean, if, if you are an indie developer and are close to a community, you know, and you're approachable, people are gonna come in and try to you know pitch their idea to you. I just had like last night a guy emailed me saying that if he could say if he could send us a game idea, if you know, will we will we make it? And I was like, well, I mean, it, it really depends. Do you have like design documents, or have you ever done a video game before? Or, or it was like, no, I just have an idea of an art, a great RPG about you know dragons. I was like, oh well, you know, if you can put together, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. I don't want to shut people down. Uh, if you put together, you know, a story and all that, we could probably take a look at it. And if, if the opportunity comes in, we'll consider it. So, yeah, I mean, that and also I get messages on forums of people like, hey, you know, this game was on release. Have you ever tried talking to the owners to see if you could release it? And, yeah, stuff like that. So, but, I mean, I like it. I, 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 li I like to be involved in the community. And sometimes people point out stuff that really help us or give us a good tip or, or, or help us uh, as a feedback for, from the community. So you're, I know that you're always, you know, working on new things, but is there any like little secrets or anything that's maybe not on the website that you, that you're working on that you can tell us? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, uh, right now we only have two Sega Genesis games listed there, mm -hmm. but we have acquired, um, what? What eight? No, no, no. Seven more. Ooh, nice game. So you know, Sega Genesis is gonna is gonna see a lot of 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 new games. Um, from those one, two, three, four are four. Let me let me think. It's, it's I don't want to say the names out loud. Uh, I know, I know. Don't want to get okay. get in trouble here. <laughs> okay, so five, five are well, three are RPGs, like like an actual turn-based RPG with great, beautiful graphics. Two of them are strategy RPGs, uh, similar to, I'd say, Fire Emblem a little bit, or, or, or Ogre Ogre Battle too. And then a couple of other ones are just a puzzle game and a beat 'em up game. And we have under development another adventure, action adventure, sort of like Zelda, uh, which is, is a, it's not a, that big of a game. It's not as big as Zelda, but it's, it's a new game for Genesis. And I think there's another one, turn-based RPG, that's, uh, that's under development slowly. And yeah, and there's a, I mean, we're working on other stuff too, but I mean, I, since there's nothing concrete, I, I don't really want to mention it. Hey, you gave us a lot of information. That's great. Yeah. So, guys, yeah. uh, PicoInteractive.com. you got to keep an eye on our website. It's, it's awesome. And one thing that I like to do on the website is, like, make a blog post about something like a news, but don't really advertise it anywhere, no, on Facebook. So if, you know, to, to get people to read our blog and sometimes – that's how you know they discover stuff uh, that you know we don't we don't really advertise on Twitter or Facebook or or send a press release. So you know, just stay tuned on the on the blog because sometimes I'll just leak some information there only. 
Right, you, know, you heard it here. Keep up on that blog if you want to uh, get the latest info. But uh, Eli, thanks for coming on and talking with us. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it.